Hello, fellow griever. This is the Leftover Pieces Suicide Loss Conversations podcast, and I am Melissa, your host. This week, you have found yourself with me for one of my shorter, solo, down-the-rabbit-hole episodes. Here, I take you with me on a journey of sorts, through thoughts in my own griefy mind. Some days, I may tackle topics as if I am in Alice's shoes, slaying the Jabberwocky, and on others, I may end up in my own pool of tears, or I may just go a bit sideways and paint the proverbial roses red, but I always promise an adventure. So let's dive down the rabbit hole and see just what sorts of madness we might discover together. I am glad you have joined me, because while I do know how lonely this grief is, I also believe we needn't be alone. Welcome. Hello, fellow griever. Today, you have reached Season 4, Episode 28, and today we're going to go down the rabbit hole to discuss something that I have talked about in more than one season, actually season one and two. For some reason in season three, I didn't have an episode about this. Uh, Instead, I had one at the very beginning of this season, season four. So back in September, early September of 2022. And what I'm going to do is talk today about what to watch or possibly what not to watch, specifically because grief insomnia is a real thing for those of us that are trying to navigate our life after suicide loss. And as I've gone along in my journey after losing my son to suicide in 2016, I have discovered that my insomnia varies now. It's not quite as ever prevalent as it once was, but at different times of the year, it definitely uh, rears its ugly head and I find myself having trouble sleeping again. And maybe that's why I'm recording this episode now, because I'm getting ready to go into what feels like my season of things being a little harder. June 16th will mark Alex's birthday of what should have been his 28th birthday. And August 7th this year will be seven years since we lost Alex. And so for me, June, July, and early August are always kind of my shit show months, if you will. I always try to tell myself it's going to be better somehow this year. And really, it's only just different. So What I want to do today is have one of my what to watch and what not to watch episodes. And I'm going to put this out for Memorial Day weekend. I might actually put it out just ahead of Memorial Day weekend or at the beginning. So if you find yourself over a long weekend, some of these things might uh, come in handy for you to consider watching or looking at. And I do this for a couple of reasons. And I'm going to take a little bit different route this time than maybe I have in the past. Some of it's going to be similar and the same, but I'm going to add a little bit of a different category here 
as well. And I do this for a couple of reasons. I do it definitely because we as grievers, especially those of us that are, you know, grieving moms that spend so many nights awake with our thoughts and end up turning on the TV to just try to do something instead of sitting there. It's oftentimes that we find ourselves not knowing what we're turning on until we're into it. Because while there's a lot more out there in the world today about suicide and loss and grief, it's not always very obvious what we're about to watch when we watch it. And a lot of times the underlying theme might possibly be something that's activating or surprising to us and can send us down an entirely different path than we intended. So instead of, you know, hoping that we would relax or fall asleep, we end up more activated if we watch something that we weren't planning on the content being um, more than we could handle. On the other hand, if you're like me, there's times that I want to watch something that provokes thoughts or makes me understand or question things in a different way. I always am looking for ways to understand the complicated topic of suicide better. And so, yes, I'd like to have that information for times that I don't want to watch something that might make me think about suicide. And there's times that I intentionally want to. So this is meant to serve both of those reasons. And also, I have put in the show notes to the episode links to the other three episodes I've done regarding what to watch and what not to watch. So you can go back and and either listen to them or I have put lists of the shows I talk about in the show notes as well. And none of them are very long. So meaning they're definitely, you know, like 30 minutes or less. And I, I will try my best to stay to that today as well. So at the end of this, I want to make sure that if you have any suggestions or feedback, that you definitely send that in to me, you can email me or you can message me. Um, and let me know, do you agree with any of these? Have you watched any of them? And, and what's your feedback? Or is there anything you'd like me to watch and give a review on or have questions about? I'd be happy to do that too. And you can always put that in the question and answer uh, segment as well. And I can answer the questions there. I'm aware that the last few months I have not been putting out as many episodes. Life has kind of presented itself and really slowed down the podcasting for a while, but I promise you that's about to change and you should start seeing weekly episodes again going into the summer and on into the fall and winter. So let's get started and talk about what we came here to do. So the first topic that I actually have is where I'm going to take a little bit of a departure from what I've done in the past. And this topic is my yes category but it has a caveat. It's meant to be a distraction category for entertainment purposes only. And none of these shows or TV series or movies that I'm going to talk about are particularly grief related. I am putting this category in there because I have found that I often need to just watch something 
to distract myself, something that doesn't have anything to do with grief or loss. And I want to be sure that that's all it is. And so I'm going to start with the category and, and you're going to notice a theme and I, I'm not even going to apologize because it just is what it is. As a former executive chef, um, I do tend to lo- like a lot of food shows. And so there are a few of those here. And the, one of them I'm going to start with is a show called The Lost Kitchen. And this definitely fits in this category. It's a series. It's about a chef named Erin French who lives in Freedom, Maine. She has a couple of cookbooks out. I own the cookbooks. They're amazing. I I could go on and on about this show, how it just makes you think of this idyllic life in Maine, but she has such an amazing backstory that it just makes it that much more powerful. She's a, a woman who has this restaurant that is only, you can only go to it by reservation. They do the reservations by postcard. They announce the postcard time um, every year via an email list. And it's only open six months out of the year. And people fly from all over to have a seating at the lost kitchen. And some of the series takes place during the pandemic when they really had to shift and look at doing things differently. And she is surrounded by women in her community. She gets all of the ingredients from local farmers and fishermen. And it's just an amazingly entertaining show that's easy to get lost in. And you could, at least myself, I could find myself in another life uh, doing what she's doing. The next one is definitely an entertaining show. And it, for me, made me... um, think about travel and adventure and gave me the spark of all the things in life that there's left to do. And I just think that's a good thing for all of us as grievers. It's called Somebody Feed Phil. And my husband found it. I had seen it and had come across my feed a couple of times. And I just discounted it because I didn't have any idea who Phil was. And apparently he had done something before that as far as a documentary on a different channel. But Phil Rosenthal is the creator and producer of the award-winning show, Somebody, um, sorry, not Somebody Feed Phil. I was going to say that again. Everybody Loves Raymond. He's a comedian in his own right. He is a prominent uh, producer and actor. But Phil Rosenthal does this show, Somebody Feed Phil, and he travels the world. And it's not an Anthony Bourdain knockoff. He's not trying to be somebody like that. He truly is his own person. He's entertaining. He's loving. He's genuine. He's funny. And my husband watched like half of an episode accidentally one night and stopped it and then came to me and said, you want to watch this series? It's amazing, Melissa. And then we watched all of it together. There's seven seasons and it's been renewed for an eighth season. And I can't recommend it enough for anybody that just wants to watch something enjoyable. And if you like to eat, And travel or you wish you would like to travel or any of that. It's just plain entertaining and fun. And I promise you, you will start to have the series song in your head, whether you want to or not. The next one in this category that I would recommend is called Beach Cottage Chronicles. It was kind of hard to get that out. Beach Cottage Chronicles. And it's short little, it's a a small series It's a short little, they're like short episodes. I want to say they're like 15 minutes, but 
there's a dozen or so in the series and it's just enamoring because I'm enamored with the beach. We live in Florida and our goal is to have a house on the coast near the beach or on the beach in the next few years. And so for me to see all of these beautiful little beach cottages and get a glimpse into them and to see the sea life and just this idyllic little, um, it was just fun. It was like a shortened version, shortened, concentrated version of the best beach HGTV show. So I really liked Beach Cottage Chronicles. It was easy to get lost in and kind of binge it in a, co- a night or two because they're so they're short and condensed. Um, and then the other thing that would go, the other couple of things that I'll real quickly throw into this, yes, please give me a distraction or entertainment category would be the series that everybody talked about this year, Wednesday, which is, of course, a takeoff of the Adams family. Um, the amazing young actress Jenna Ortega is in it, and I, I loved it. I can't say enough about it. I can't wait for the next season to come out. So if you liked anything to do with the Adams family and that kind of um, humor is, is good for you, it's done, I think, better than the original Adams family. And it's just amazing. It is actually a Richard Burton feature. I think it's the first time he's done a series. And if you like Richard Burton, this will not disappoint. And then the other one that just is an honorable mention in this category would be Stranger Things. I know that everybody's waiting for another season to drop on that. But I really did get tied up in Stranger Things and thought it was amazing. So if you've wondered if that's something you would like, it definitely is binge worthy. Yes, it's kind of a you may it, it almost reminds me of when I my daughter was younger and I got caught up in the different vampire series and stuff that we were watching then. But it is entertaining. It doesn't take, you know, a lot of thought. It just entertains you. And I really liked that series, too. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is kind of a bridge. It kind of has one foot in the yes for distraction and another foot in the yes on the subject of grief and suicide category, which is the next category. It's a documentary or biographical series. um, Sorry, not a series. Documentary slash biography film about uh, called Roadrunner. And it is a, a film made by award-winning filmmaker Morgan Neville, who was also a friend of the subject, Anthony Bourdain. And I have a soft spot in my heart for Anthony Bourdain for many, many reasons. Always, always have loved him, have owned all of his books, watched all of his series, and then we lost him to suicide. So there's a lot a lot in this. So it does definitely straddle both. It's entertaining if you are a fan of Chef Anthony Bourdain. But it also, because of how we lost him, I feel straddles both categories. The next one I mentioned in last the last episode I did, but at that time I hadn't watched it. I just recommended it and said that I would speak more on it. And it's called Mayor of Easttown. It's a one-season series that was put out, and the star is Kate Winslet. At the time that I watched it, it was on HBO Max. Um, I think that channel is now just called Max. And I don't tell you guys what's, what show, um, what channels I find these on, because that stuff switches all the time. So just searching them by name will be your best way to find out where it's currently streaming. But Mayor of Easttown did not disappoint. Kate Winslet was amazing. The storyline was amazing. She's a mother who plays a um, 
cop, a detective in her town, small town in the Northeast somewhere, and she lost her son to suicide. The theme is not overarching. It's not even obvious in the beginning, but that is the underlying theme of everything that's going on with the character whose name is Mare. And it's amazing. I absolutely do recommend it. But know that she is a mother who lost a child to suicide. So I like to disclaim these things so you know what you're getting into. Then there's a show, two shows that I just watched recently that are in the yes category and they are on grief, not on suicide. One is called Unstable and it has Rob Lowe and John Owen Lowe, who is actually Rob Lowe's son. And it is witty and well cast and well acted. And I really liked it. Rob Lowe plays a man who lost his wife in some accident. They haven't really, and it has been re-upped for a second season, but right now there's just one season out. And I just thought it it was amazing. I didn't know what to expect, and I really liked it. It was done well and just deep enough, but extremely witty and extremely um, well-written, I thought. And then I just finished watching one called Shrinking, and Shrinking stars Jason Segal and Harrison Ford. And it's a movie about a um, psychiatrist, not just one psychiatrist, both Harrison Ford and Jason Segal play psychiatrists, therefore the name Shrinking. But the main character, played by Jason Segal, lost his wife. Again, not to suicide. But he is now a single dad of a, a teenage daughter and is a psychiatrist and facing extreme grief. And so it does tackle the topic of grief in a very good way. I hear it's been picked up for another season as well. And I'm looking forward to that. The next one that I want to talk about in this yes um, category that I would recommend on the subject of grief and or suicide is a movie called those left behind. And it's a movie. Um, It's the first movie I think I've talked about so far today the movie it's not super fast moving it's it needs to be on a night that you want to sit for an hour and a half and it's not a very long movie but an hour and a half and watch something that just is thought-provoking and does not move at a rapid clip but it it was it's worth recommending it takes place 25 years after the family's loss of their son and brother to suicide. And it really explores the relationship between the daughter and the father, and especially the daughter dealing with the loss of her brother 25 years ago. So for that reason, it's very thought provocative and worth watching. It was, it was released in 2016 or 17 and starred Daphne Zuniga and actually has Michael Hogan in it. So just to make sure I know there's, if you search it, there's more than one film titled this or similar to this, but it's that one, the one that was filmed in 20, I was think it was released in 2016 or 17 also had um, Deborah Mooney in it, who I believe has passed since, but she had a part in it was amazing. And then there's another one in this category, and then we'll move to the next category. And this one's called After Sun, and meaning after the sun, S-U-N, After Sun. And it's a movie about a young girl and her dad, and it explores their complicated relationship when she was young, around 11. They were on a vacation. 
And it is a suicide theme, but that doesn't really come out. It's actually an indie type film. And you probably almost have to watch it twice to figure out that that's the theme at the end as far as her complication with why her memory tied to her dad is so complicated because he obviously has mental health issues. There is no imagery or anything like that. It's not even a direct you have, like I said, you really, so it's worth it because it explores the law, the daughter later in, um, it explores the relationship between a daughter and dad, uh, and mental health issues and, and stuff. So, it's probably it would that I put it last in this category for a reason, but it's it's worth a look or if you come across that it at least know what it's about. So the next one, and there's only a couple in this category is my proceed with extreme or real caution category. And I would say this is a these are a no. These are a no for a lot of people. I have watched them. And that's why I can say they're a no for most people. The first one is called The Discovery. And honestly, I thought I had talked about this last time, but I don't see that I actually did. So I must have watched it like right after I did the last episode. It actually stars Robert Redford. And I would think that that would draw a lot of people to it. It's one of those. And this the next one I'm going to talk about hides its theme as well. But this is about a man who... His discovery has to do with him being completely weighed down by the suicide of his wife. And I think it's dark and I don't think it's well done. And it, I just, I just didn't find anything redeeming from it. It, it didn't, uh, it didn't scar me necessarily, but it's, it definitely is not one for early loss. And it's definitely not one if you're not open to something like this, that does make you see, when people don't address the topic well, and I don't feel like it was addressed well in this. And that's really sad for Robert Redford. You know, I would probably watch it a second time if I felt the same way I would say, yeah, it's, but just because sometimes I think, was I just in the wrong frame of mind? Did I miss something? But it's not, not one for an early grief. Um, And for some people, it's probably a never. The other one in this category, I'm conflicted about. I put it in the extreme caution because of the imagery. It's called A Man Called Otto. And I know there's been a lot of talk about it and people probably see it come across their feed on their suggested. It stars Tom Hanks. And when we see Tom Hanks, we almost immediately assume something's going to be really good. And I will tell you, it is really good. However... It doesn't lead with this is a suicide themed movie and it, it definitely, it definitely is and it definitely isn't. And I say that because I saw a lot of things written about it that probably were not very fair. And with inside the suicide loss community, I've even seen a lot of things that I can, I can say are kind of almost scary and jaded. Here's my opinion. A man called Otto, and I'm not, I'm going to try not to spoiler alert it for anybody, but I feel like it's one that requires a little bit of explanation for suicide loss grievers. A man called Otto explores a man at his time in life where he's towards the end of his life. He has lost his wife and to, to old age. 
His wife has died and he is not coping with it well and just doesn't want to be here without her. So it's not where many of us have found ourselves, which is at a place of losing our child or a, a younger person to suicide. This is a man who just doesn't want to live anymore without his wife because he knows his life is near the end as well. And it's kind of um, the the movie Clint that Clint Eastwood was in called Grand Torino, where he kind of plays that grumpy older man in a neighborhood. It, it, it reminds me a lot of that as far as the relationship to the neighborhood and the people in the neighborhood. There's a young actress in there that plays a neighbor um, that moves in. And she's amazing. She's the second, like the supporting actress in the in the movie. It was really well done from a humanity standpoint. It takes a look at what could be a real situation anywhere in America and really looks at the condition of humanity and loss and grief and love and life. However, Otto does not want to live in the beginning through through the a good portion of the movie until he has, you know, an epiphany. And there are four really difficult scenes and there is imagery. It's not graphic. Tom Hanks, you know, is involved in this movie, so it was done well from that standpoint. However, as a suicide loss survivor, the four scenes are enough that if that's if the imagery or even the suggestion of of that is too much for that reason it's not it's not something you want to watch you have to be willing to know that that's in there and i wish there was some disclaimer because you guys at the end of this movie we watched the credits for several reasons because i thought I recognized Tom Hanks' wife as singing one of the songs, and I was right. So I was watching the credits for Rita Wilson. And anyway, so I also wanted to see what the ratings were. And this movie gave a rating for smoking, violence, sexual content. My husband and I both can't, in our minds, come up with what would be considered sexual content, we just can't like we were really stretching when we were trying to decide how that disclaimer got on there. We're not sure what, what violence there really was other than possibly the, the suggestion of violence in this, this, the uh, suicide scenes, the attempted suicide scenes, but why is it not labeled suicidal content or suicidal ideation or fill out the blanks so that people that are watching know that their scenes around the subject of suicide and smoking. I, I don't even know why that's on there anymore. But anyway, so that part did upset me because even though I'm able to watch movies like this, knowing what I'm watching and I can look at it from a, a lens of education and understanding the complicated topic of suicide, it should definitely be in the ratings so that people have an idea of what they're watching. And it should have been in the description and the trailer more than it was. So that those are that's my two cents on a man called Otto, but the only the next one I have in there I haven't watched, and I will link to the blog post of a dear friend of mine who works in the who lost her son to suicide, and he was a Super Mario fan, and it's about the Super Mario movie, 
And I caution you for several reasons. Well, for one main reason, and I'll just direct you straight to her essay for that, to talk about the character that's in there called Luma Lee. And I know a lot of people have um, younger kids. It made me question a lot of things um, when I read her thing about the Super Mario world in general and video games, but that's a whole rabbit hole, you guys. So I'm not going to do that. But... I would, I would question, um, I would look at, think about that and maybe read that blog before you go see that movie. And then the last, well, there's a last category, and then I have a, an honorable mention here at the end. But in the coming soon, or with new seasons to come, or worth a second mention, that may be things I've mentioned in another season. So that sounds like a convoluted title, right? Coming soon, or worth a second mention. So The Bear, which is a series I talked about last episode that I talked about shows, is coming out with a new season, and so is Reservation Dog, uh, Reservation Dogs. And I think those are both worth mentioning again, it's because if you haven't watched them, maybe wait till the second season, and for Reservation Dogs, I think the third season drops, and then go back and watch them, start them, so you can watch more than one season. The Bear has Jeremy Allen White in it. He played the uh, he played the character Lip in Shameless, and I love him. It does have um, a very underarching theme of suicide, as the character's brother died by suicide, which is why he now is running his brother's restaurant. He plays a chef, which yes, I love. But they do this movie or series really well, you guys. It's done really well. Um, and some things just do not handle this topic well, and I think they handle it really well. And then Reservation Dogs is a indigenous American TV series that handles the exploits of teenagers uh, that live on a reservation in rural Oklahoma. And the underarching theme is that these teenagers lost one of their, their best friends. This group of teens lost a best friend to suicide. And they handle it from the standpoint of real life on a reservation and suicide is a very prevalent thing in the indigenous culture. So this series not only uses indigenous American actors, but the writers and producers, and I think pretty much everybody is indigenous American and it's done well and I really like it. So I'm excited for a third season of that. I also want to mention the documentary Scattering CJ again. I think if you haven't watched that, this is my reminder to go watch it. It's amazing. It's available on PBS. You can also find it through the website Scattering CJ. And it's linked in, uh, I did a podcast episode with uh, CJ's mom, Hallie Toomey. And it's it's an amazing documentary that if you haven't watched, you should. And another honorable mention is going back a bit, but to the Surviving Death six-part series. Uh, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but it's called Surviving Death. And it explores six different topics. Um, and I talk about that in another episode of what to watch. And I think that it's worth mentioning again. And then I just want to finish up here and um, actually address what are you watching now, Melissa? Like the whole, what am I watching now? Just for fun. So I started off with the kind of just for fun in this talking about the things that we, that I've 
would recommend for distraction or entertainment. So I thought I would end with a little entertainment and the what I'm watching now. So I just finished some of these things that I mentioned, like shrinking and unstable and some different things like that. But to be fair, when that happens and you have a couple series that you really like, sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, you struggle to find something to fit in its place that's just as good. And I kind of did that a little bit. And I started off watching The Good Place. It's been around for a little while, I think. And I'll be honest with you, it's witty and funny and entertaining in a different kind of way. It's kind of a Santa Clarita diet kind of way. But I got bored with it. Um, it, It was too quippy, too funny. And was they, I feel like they draw it out forever. It has Ted Danson in it. It's, it's good, but I was just at a point with it where I was like, just done. And I also, I guess I needed to go back to the dark side a little bit because what I'm actually watching right now and I'm very um, into, and now I'm getting ready to in, go into the last season that's out there, which is, you know, a bad place to be again, but it's called the servant. Okay, I'm not recommending this to anybody. This is just the one I'm watching now, you guys. It is, um, it's in the world of dark (laughs) or, you know, mystery horror type of things, but uh, it has, you know, it's, it's just, I, I guess here's how I disclaim it. I love American Horror Story. I enjoyed Handmaid's Tale. I love the movie series, The Purges, all the purges. So just put it in the in, in the category with things like American Horror Story. If those are not things that you enjoy watching, you don't even need to look at the servant as something you would you would um get into because it's dark and and that kind of of uh, thing. You know, like I like the series You and the series Dexter. And some of the other things that maybe aren't quite as dark, but are that same kind of darkness or humor, Six Feet Under and Shameless and Sopranos and Orange is the New Black and Weed. So to give you an idea into my kind of genre of some of this, um, the things that I watch, if those aren't the things you watch, then I'm not recommending The Servant. But it's just what I'm watching now. So I thought I'd let you know. But as I'm a fairly new subscriber to Apple TV... I do plan on look, I I look forward to becoming a a watcher of Ted Lasso and um, I'll let you know uh, maybe when I talk about things I've enjoyed watching that are just for entertainment, whether that's one I liked or not, because I know lots and lots of people that watch it and say they love it, but I have not gone down that avenue yet. And so I'm going to end this for today and hope that there was something that you could take from it. I hope you found it. Um, interesting to listen to. It maybe gave you an idea of some things that you might want to look at adding to your, your queue or your list in these different streaming services. And again, if there's something that you have a question about, message me or email me. I'd love to know if you've watched any of these or if you watch them after I recommend them, what you think of them. But until then, I always hold all of you in my thoughts in my heart. And there's many more uh, rabbit hole episodes to come out in the very near future. I kind of have a topic list that's very long. 
And there's some really good roundtables going to come out in the very near future as well. And if you haven't listened to those that are out, I suggest that you do. There's some really good ones. There's a dad's roundtable coming out right before Father's Day that will be followed by a stepdad's roundtable and then a friend's roundtable to hear friends of suicide loss talk about their loss and how their life has been affected. So some heavier stuff coming up and then some rabbit hole stuff that's a little heavy and this was a little more lighthearted. So I'm trying to sprinkle those in and I will probably do another question and answer episode fairly soon. I may not do those every month as I intended when I know I took a little bit of a break, but unless I get a more rapid amount of questions coming in, I may do those about once every other month and just do a question and answer episode. So if you're interested in submitting a question, go to my website and you can click on the link to submit a question to ask me in the question and answer episode. And it can be about anything. And I will answer the question anonymously on one of my question and answer episodes. So until, until next time, grievers, we'll talk soon. So we'll conclude here for today, but I just wanted to say a few things before you go. If you're new to the podcast and have not listened to the very first episode called intro episode, start here all the way back at the beginning of season one, I would encourage you to do so so that you know what to expect from the leftover pieces, because I do have several different styles of episodes that I record and we do release weekly almost all of the time. So I hope that you will come back often to join us in this community of suicide loss survivors. If you have not already, also, I would encourage you to check out the leftoverpieces.com where you can find and have access to all of the things that I currently offer. Some of those things are online Zoom support groups, links to my books, educational opportunities that I'm adding all the time, as well as different downloadables and resources for all suicide loss survivors. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, or you'd just like to connect with me for any other reason, you can do it through the website as well. So until next time, I just want to remind you that I know how lonely this grief is, but you don't have to be alone. Talk soon.